Tony Rizak. This is the show that gives you insights and resources in how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. One of the things I like to talk about on the show is how to bring better resources into the lives of boys. Boys have long been left out of the conversation about the value of emotional intelligence and the gifts of working together on challenges that each boy is facing. Boys, like men, have a natural ability to forge bonds around emotional authenticity, and there are too few men who have made a mission to help boys find empowerment at a young age. Most boys sort of flounder and go about seismic changes without uttering a peep, lest they be labeled odd or too sensitive or worse. My guest today is an exceptional young man. He's just 30 years old, one who has done the important inner work himself and then looked out into the world to see a deep need that boys have and then built his mission around that. Nikki Wilkes is a pioneer in the field of youth development. He is the co-founder and executive director of Journeyman Institute, where he shares his core gifts in guiding transformational experiences and facilitating deep inquiry. As a teacher and mentor, Nikki has devoted himself to providing meaningful pathways for youth to discover and apply their innate potential towards the betterment of self and community. He resides on Vashon Island with his beloved partner and three children. Here is my interview with Nikki Wilkes. All right. So I'm here with Nikki Wilkes of Journeyman. Nikki, welcome to Base Camp for Men. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Tony. It's an honor to be here, and I appreciate the invite a great deal. Absolutely. I was looking over journeymen and, and I was struck with, um, there's a little description saying journeymen cultivates transformational experiences for boys and men through nature-based rites of passage and ongoing mentorship. That is an awesome description of what you're up to. I just love it. It's super inspiring. My first question, I guess, is how did you get started in all this men's work and specifically to create trainings for boys? Like, were you always into personal growth and personal development or was there, was there something along the way that kind of accelerated that? And what were the kind of highlights as you were creating these great trainings for boys and starting journeymen? Yeah. Thank you for that question. You know, there, there are many checkpoints along the journey. And for me, I can answer one of those questions very quickly, which is, were you always involved in personal development? And the answer is a very clear no. I think it was actually because of my own stunted personal development that I awoke to the need for my own initiatory experiences, Mm -hmm. uh, but also the the need for this on a cultural, on a societal level. You know, for me, I think I kind of dabbled in the work in a way as a coach. So I have been an athlete pretty much my entire life, and I had the opportunity to start coaching youth uh, or really young children when I was still a teenager. And it was miraculous because in that setting for the first time, I really felt like I had an audience that was receptive to me, that they really wanted to soak up everything I had to give. And I also felt like I was challenged to live into, you know, a better version of myself because I was being watched and I was being studied and I was being learned from so directly. And so it was through coaching lacrosse primarily that I began to realize the opportunity in in reaching, you know, younger folks and and creating experiences that, you know, that ultimately have uh, really impactful life-altering changes, even if indirectly. So that was a a foray into it. 
the initiation side and, and really getting immersed in the worlds of rites of passage came at a time when I had just learned that I was going to become a father. I was in my mid-20s, definitely in what I and many of my teachers call extended adolescence, which is to say not really having had an initiatory experience, living through many of the immature qualities that we associate as totally healthy and normal for children or adolescents but very much being in an adult body and, and pretending to operate in the adult world. Many of us had that experience, myself included, of the extended totally. adolescence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was fun. I was living in like Southern California. You know, I was just living it up. It, it was comfortable. It was exciting, all those things. But I, I was way out of integrity. I mean, I had no clue what shadow even meant. And yet it was haunting my life and chasing me everywhere. In learning that I was going to become a dad, it came creeping up very clearly. And I was like, oh, snap, I have to deal with all this stuff. I can't hand this off. And so uh, at one point, my partner and I, who were not married yet, we moved down to Costa Rica. And we began supporting a, an organization that was doing initiatory rites of passage work through plant medicine ceremonies. And I was mostly supporting on the business side of things, helping with you know a lot of the different uh, logistical sides of things, as that was my background. But while I was down there, I also got to apprentice the craft quite a bit. And I got to participate in these experiences and get to know the medicine, get to know the ceremonies and rituals and songs and practices. And it became very clear after my first experience that, A, this is not mine to carry forward. This is not my tradition. B, we need an authentic form of this in modern Western society because we don't really have true adults. You know, we don't really have people, I would say a critical mass of people, who are really embodied in their adulthood and, and know their purpose and have a mission and, and a clear sense of identity and, and all of those things. Uh, it was actually during one of those, those experiences. Uh, I had a vision, and the vision was actually the name Journeyman. I did not know what it meant at the time. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but this name was just ringing in my body. It was like resonating in my chest. Journeyman, Journeyman. I don't know what it is, but it's there. And I began sharing some of the little glimpses of the vision with people in my life. And my co-founder, Alex, he was one of those people. And when I shared a little bit, he got a spark and was like, hey, dude, there's something here. He's like, I've been traveling the world and teaching. And he's like, I know that this is also you know, missing and, and I want to do this with you. Um, and so that was really the kind of the, the initiation of the, the organizational side of things. From there, him and I both committed to exploring the initiation the world of nature-based rites of passage and human initiation to the best of our ability and, you know, learning from folks like Michael Mead and doing Mankind Project and, and doing other uh, apprenticeship roles with groups like Rite of Passage Journeys and really just going into full student mode and learning as much as we could. And then ultimately, we moved back to our community as we felt what better place to start than the, the village that raised us. And so great. we moved back to Vashon Island and kind of put a stake in the ground and we're like, we're here. You know, we're going to do this in a way that's honoring of the land and and honoring of the people here and, and also honoring of the youth who, you know, need this work, but also don't really know why. That's a great story. I love it. And uh, why is rite of passage so important for boys? Like, why is that such a missing element? Why, why do you think we need it so much right now? That's a great, really great question. You're full of those, I, Tony. I tried to come up with some good ones for you because I knew yeah. you'd have some good insights. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's no shortage of statistics today that point to like, whoa, something's bad. You know, yeah. suicide is on the rise, especially with boys. I mean, among teens, boys are four times more likely to uh, attempt suicide than their female peers. 
Um, I just heard a stat today. We met with the Seattle School for Boys around a collaboration, and their head of school said in the last 20 years, uh, attempted suicides for youth has gone up 23%. You know, even high performing students who are doing well, so to speak, in the system are just totally burdened with anxiety and pressure and, you know, are struggling. And so, to me, all of these symptoms, right? And to me, they are symptoms. They are not the problem. They are symptoms of a greater piece, which is to say, young people don't know who they are. They don't know where they belong in their village. And from that place of not knowing, they can't possibly know what their purpose is because they don't have a clear sense of identity. And rites of passage are, you know, it's a technology. It's an ancient and also, uh, you know, a very uh, a beautiful and, and important technology that allows communities to celebrate and welcome people into the village in a way that they never have and create that sense of belonging um, for both individual renewal, but also for the village renewal. And so, you know, it serves that multifunction, which is to say it's definitely something that the individual needs, but also something that ultimately benefits the village because, you know, without that, that vitality coming from below, coming from the youth, there's a huge void, both in the creative sense, but also in the what I like to call that healthy, rebellious agitation of youth. I mean, there's nothing like high school age to stir up that something's got to change. And channeling that into a healthy into a healthy outlet, I think, is one of the opportunities in this work. That's great. I, I was looking over two of your main programs for rites of passage. You've got the Wayfinders Weekend, Boys Rite of Passage, ages 11 through 14. And then you've also got the quest, young men's initiation, ages 14 to 19. So you got one that's yeah. for the younger guys, 11 to 14, another one for the teens, 14 to 19. So I've got a 12-year-old, and, and I believe strongly in rite of passage. How do I know which one? You know, is it, is it kind of like when you go through MKP and you really have one kind of swing at it, and that's then you're involved in mentorship or staffing and can boys do both or I'm a parent and how do other parents that are listening, they got young boys, let's say they've got 11, 12, 10 year olds. What are the signs that the boy might be ready for this? And, you know, is there differences other than age between the two trainings? Mm. Yeah. Nice. I love that question, Tony. You know, how do parents know when their child is ready? How, how do they know when they're approaching readiness and what does that look like? Uh, and I love the question because it's kind of impossible. Uh, and I say that because in a modern context, we don't have a village who really tracks young folks like we used to in our collective ancestry and history. And in the olden days, it, it was the uncles and it was the elders and it was the other people in the village who could see when there was a readiness because as parents, we have a blind spot. Like we're so close to our children, it's hard for us to know when there's a time. And it's also hard because it requires a sacrifice. Um, and this shows up in, in myths all the time. You know, it's, it's present in the myth of Iron John, where the key is hidden underneath mom's pillow. And in order for the son, the prince, to become a man, he has to steal the key from his mom. And that requires a sacrifice of a boy. The death of the boy and the death of the son has to occur for the man to be born. Mm -hmm. And so to me, the symptoms are, are like agitation, which is just general you know, uh, disengagement from life, which I see a lot at the high school age and sometimes in middle school. It can also be more active agitation, such as experimenting with new things, taking risks, especially with boys, you know, substances, all of a sudden, totally new friend group or the total opposite, which is total stagnation and no initiation of newness. And so it can take a very active or a passive form. 
and there's really no one formula, but I think my favorite part of this work has become having these conversations with parents Mm -hmm. and asking that same question, which is, Hey, how's it going with your boy? What are you noticing right now? And why did you get in touch with us? Because typically it's a mom who does get in touch with us. And by then there's some reason that, you know, our flyer or our website spoke to their heart and they were like, Whoa, I don't really know what this is, but I think I need it. And I want to know more. And you also asked about these different programs. So we call one an initiation experience because we design it as an initiation into young adulthood and it's followed up by a full year of mentoring. You know, in this work and especially in the world of, I'll just say the modern world of peak experiences and same day drone deliveries from Amazon, it's easy to have a peak experience. It's hard. It takes work to integrate that into real change. So the quest, right, the experience for older guys is both an immersive nature-based rite of passage and an ongoing initiatory supportive container where we follow up with these guys and we challenge them and we support them and encourage them. So they're actually integrating the experience over the next year of their lives. For the younger groups, you know, it's not like we want to drop them off, but there's a knowing and, a, and an invitation that when they're ready, they'll come back. So as a community-based rite of passage organization, we're very passionate about, you know, you're never done. <laughs> you, might, you, might be, uh, you might be good for a while, but, but you're, we're never done with this work. We're never done with developing ourselves. And the most beautiful part is really when these guys have come through. Uh, good example, we, we had a guy come through at 14 on the quest, the first year we've ever done it. And he'll be coming back as what we call a journeyman, so a returning young man as an apprentice on this year's experience, to see that come full circle where he's now helping to co-create the container that helped initiate him into a healthy sense of self for the next wave of young folks is, in my opinion, like the shining example of how this work can play out in a, in a you know, reciprocal and a really, really beautiful way. That's great. That's great. I love it. Um, walk us through like the training a little bit, especially the quest one. Let's say the dad's really involved in the, in the boy's life or an uncle's really involved. Do they come and staff like, like you would maybe staff a, a new warrior training and you've got some friends coming through and you want to be there for them? Is there a way for the father to be involved or do you find it's best to let the boy you know, go out on his own quest and not have dad so close to that? We do both with different experiences. So with the quest, the parent involvement is not programmatic, and we haven't had any requests from dads to go with their boy during that experience. It's possible, but I also say that it's probably just not ideal in the sense that one of the things we're trying to do at that stage is to cultivate a really strong sense of self outside of the influence of anything else. Sure. Family, school, peers, technology, media, like who are you underneath it all? And yeah. let's face it, no matter how good your relationship is with dad, it's going to influence what you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that answers my question just really clearly, actually. But you did mention, I talked to you once before, and you said that in the spring, every spring you do like a father-son event or evening, and you spoke of that. What, what is that one called? I was looking for it. I didn't quite see it on your website, but it sounds really interesting. We call that passing the torch our father-son weekend. And that's actually something that we, we do because of one of our mentors. So Arna Rubenstein, uh, out of Philly, I called The Making of Men. He came out to Vashon when we first got started and offered to help us run a camp. 
And his model, unlike ours, does involve the dads. So they mm. do big camps with dads and their teen sons. And we help them run a camp before just to get the experience. And, oh, my gosh, it's so powerful and awesome and just different than what we do. And that camp that you just mentioned is something that I think we will always do it because it's so beautiful and intimate and has its own impact. But I don't feel like it has the same initiatory potential as the longer quest that we do where dad's not present. And in particular, that just comes down to program design. I think we could beef it up, but what it's become is its own like authentic honoring of the relationship as opposed to something where we're trying to create separation for, for benefit of the boy. Yeah. I, I love, I love Nikki, how you're, you've got this strong vision and you've got this team together. You're doing these great trainings for boys, but you're not rigid in how you're executing. Like if you find something that works good, you're like really discerning, you're picking the right stuff, but you're also getting new information and integrating. It's so fantastic. I really believe in what you're doing. I love your approach. I just think it's got this natural organic growth as you guys grow. I saw on the website that you offer circles. I had spoke about it in one of the episodes earlier. I can't remember off the top of my head which one, but I said, you know, I run men's groups and the people just love them. The men just love being in there, especially the new guys that have never done it. And I was sort of lamenting that, what about the boys? Like, how do we start stuff up so boys can know the power of authentic sharing, so boys can not feel so isolated and scared and stressed out by the pressures in school and the, and the performative pressures that parents subconsciously mm. or consciously put on them. And then I discovered after my wife met you and I talked to you and looking at your website that you were actually making these circles in schools in Vashon with an intention to expand it further into Seattle and maybe further into Washington. So thank you for doing it, first of all, because <laughs> the boys so need that. Not everybody's going to get the okay from mom or dad to necessarily come to a rite of passage, but that you're mm-hmm. also providing steady resources at the school level is just, it's such a gift. And how did you, how did you implement that and how is it going expanding and how can I help? <laughs> We've been very passionate about removing barriers to get into the work. As we sometimes say, we want to create access points or entry points into the work. And I think about, I put my parent hat on and I'm like, all right, great. Let's say I'm just a regular parent. I'm involved. I love my kids. And I get to be, you know, older and I have teens and I realize I need help. And then I come across this experience that's about rites of passage and they're going to take my kid into the wilderness and do things and they're not going to tell me about it. How likely am I going to be to say yes to that? Right. You might think it sounds cool, but you're going to have a bunch of questions and you're going to be very cautious. Yeah. At best, right? At yeah. best, I would say I'm going to be cautious and willing. And at worst, I'm, I'm going to not even consider it. And so for us, we're like, what if we created some easier experiences where we're in the schools, right? It's free. It's, it's easy to drop into. We're, we're building some of these key life skills that are going to be helpful regardless of whether they do a camp with us or not. Yeah. But ultimately, when they get to the point of recognizing that they're ready to go out onto the land, Mm-hmm. They are going to self-initiate. They're going to say, I feel the call. I want to go. And how much more powerful is that than having your dad or mom come to you and say, hey, uh, you need this. You're going to go, 15-year-old child of mine, you're going to go out into the woods. And it's going to, it's just totally different. The young guys that come to us on their own accord are so different energetically when they step into the container. I mean, right. they are worlds above the general sense of, 
willingness to engage it's like they string everyone else along we're, we're just along for the ride i mean they're right. driving the whole process because they chose to be there quickly it, it becomes the general flow but i've been part of a lot of things where the critical mass of folks is not such that they chose to be there they are not willful participants they essentially were told they had to do it and that obligatory energy has no place in rites of passage or human development work honestly if you're not fully consented to this experience I can't transform you. I'm yep. not a magician. Like we say on the website, we cultivate the conditions for these things to occur, but it's not up to us. It's up to them. Right, right. That's great. That's really well said. And I think that's a really important distinction, especially like the MKP guys who are like, hey, this is really good. I want my boy to have this when he's 14. You're going rather than listening or even finding a way to get these circles so the boy can participate in the circles and go, no, I really like this. You know, uh, I yeah. want to do, I want to do more of this. And speaking about rite of passage as a story that's got some attraction to it rather than any kind of, you've got to do this to toughen you up, which is a terrible way to describe it, right? So mm -hmm. what other trainings have you come across? Let's, let's say somebody is someplace else in the country what other stuff's out there? I'm a parent. I live in Utah. I live in Texas or I live in New York. What have you come across that they might want to go on a website and check out where there might be good resources where they can learn similar skills? What do you got for parents that, that they can go click on right now and kind of start to get information? Because there might be something right in their neck of the woods and they wouldn't even know it. Yeah, great question. You know, we're, we're an affiliate of a group called Boys to Men USA. And mm -hmm. so uh, we've been to trainings and, uh, you know, we're kind of part of the consortium of sorts. And, and I would say that first and foremost, it would be to see if Boys to Men is operating a center in the regional area because Boys to Men has quite a few different hubs. That's an easy one. And um, I'm actually going to maybe answer in a way that you weren't expecting. Sure. Rather than as, as an adult, uh, as an adult, rather than say, what information for my child, my challenge to parents would be to say, what experience do I need to have so that I can model the fundamental shift in identity such that my young person will naturally want to go and have their own experience? You know, how many adults really have had an initiatory intentional experience where, you know, they fasted on the land or they did a sojourner's journey, a, a year of travel or something that was very intentionally designed to cause a shift in mm -hmm. the self. And if I did that, how different might my conversation be with my young person to say, I'm here to show you what's changed for me. And it's not that I want something different for you because you're perfect just the way you are. And this is what's next. And I know because I've done it. I can't even list the number of times I've talked to young folks who feel like their parents and teachers are hypocrites because they're, they're asking them to do things that they wouldn't do or haven't done themselves. And if I, I totally get it. I'm like, yeah, I, I have a hard time taking someone's advice or in following encouragement when someone is, you know, doesn't have a direct experience of something that they're sharing from. And so the resources that I would guide people to are actually inner resources. And, you know, I, I recognize that that might not be possible for a lot of parents, but as an MKP brother, you know, we obviously know about resources for men. I know there's a lot of uh, similar resources for women who would like to go and experience what it's like to be in, you know, initiated into a community of sisters and, and have that really beautiful experience as well. But in terms of the parenting side of things, it's, to me, it's like, how do I make space in the wheel of human development so that my young person can move and be invited 
to join me in the next stage as opposed to me trying to push them along a string. Yeah, that's great coaching, Nikki. I think that's fantastic. I, I love the way you answered that. Well, I am totally looking forward to passing the torch. I cannot wait till you post dates for that. You're only doing it mm. in the spring. You need to do that twice a year, man. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've heard that. And, yeah, and but, we may. Yeah, I, I will watch. I will be watching with great interest as you develop this. If you ever decide that you want to start doing circles up in North Seattle where I'm at, please reach out. I would love to be a part of that. And any way I can help support your great mission. I just, I, I so, I have a ton of gratitude for what you're doing. Uh, you're a young man, but you're full in mission and you're making a huge difference. So thank you. I'll keep my eye out and I'm hoping to get my son and my son uh, enroll him or have him start to lean into perhaps doing one of these rite of passage or, or the young men's initiation. I think that would just be beautiful. And, um, you know, uh, we'll have conversations and I'll take your coaching on what you said. And my hope is that listeners will go check out your organization and, and give you a look, especially those that are nearby. They could come do the, the father-son, the passing the torch, or start to look at one of these great programs you're running. So thank you so much. Thank you for your time and your heart and your commitment to boys. Um, it's making a huge difference, Nikki. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, it's an honor and feels good to be seen and to be in the company of men on their mission. And, you know, I welcome anyone listening to consider, you know, uh, a boy or a young man in their life who might be ready. And also for the men listening, especially initiated men, there's MKP brothers listening in the area or even globally, you know, find a boys to men center. To me, there's a really natural progression from our work is to want to turn around and hand the gift to others. And um, it's so easy to become a mentor. Uh, yeah. And I, a saying I like to say is, uh, perfect men need not apply. We want you in your struggle, you know, hopefully not too much, but we want you in your struggle because that's what's real. You know, that's the story that the boys need to hear, which is, oh, this is an authentic adult who's willing to be vulnerable with me and not painting an unrealistic picture about the future, but is real and present. And yeah, I'll just do a plug too. We, we do a really fun, uh, it's not a rite of passage event, so to speak, but it's just a fun uh, day. We called it the gauntlet. And last year, uh, it was September 21st, I want to say. It's, uh, it's a fundraising event that we, <laughs> we didn't raise a lot of money, but man, we had a great time. Mm. Um, it's held on Vashon and it's, it's basically a challenge course that we designed. And so it, the whole thing has a theme to it, but it's all about showing up with friends and or family. All ages are welcome. It's usually nice weather. It's all outdoors. And we design a sequence of challenge experiences where you have to do team building exercises and stretch yourself and, and really like navigate this whole sequence of things that we call the gauntlet. Um, and then we share meals together and we honor each other. And it gives a glimpse into our work that I think is really important for both parents and young folks who are saying, I don't really know what this is all about, but I'm, I'm interested to, you know, see what these guys are like and see what, see what kind of energy and experience they put on. Um, it's very accessible. It's super fun. And it's something that's pretty easy to drop in for, uh, whether you're from anywhere around Puget Sound. Highly recommend checking that out. It's called The Gauntlet. I think it's on September 21st this year, and it's going to be here on Vashon. Awesome. Thank you, Nikki. I so appreciate it. We'll be in touch. I'll be in touch around all the stuff you were talking about, mentorship circles and, and father-son. So thank you. I really love speaking with Nikki. It's actually been one of my favorite interviews I've done so far. 
As a man, it's really important for me to see, celebrate, and bless younger men, especially when they are reaching for their vision and living with such courage and integrity. For the parents out there, the resources we mentioned, well, first of all, go to Nikki's Journeyman Trainings at www.journeymen.us. I will be going on the father-son passing the torch next spring, the training that we mentioned, so come join my son and I if you're in the area. And you can look for a local chapter of Boys to Men at www.boystomen.org. They do a great mentoring program, and it's a good way to get involved in your local area in this kind of work. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors, and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Base Camp for Men. Bye.